If you know and follow the Lord, there's never a reason to give up hope. No matter how dark and foreboding your situation may seem, God has not changed. He is still God, He still loves you, and is still faithful to His promises to you. And He's in control of all things. Today on The Wisdom Journey, we come to an important passage from the book of Jeremiah that shows us all of this. Stephen called this lesson, The New Covenant. Bible scholars have called these next four chapters in Jeremiah, the Book of Consolation. Here in chapters 30 through 33, the Lord is going to amplify his promise given just a few verses earlier in chapter 29. You may remember it, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, uh, plans to give you hope and a future, as Jeremiah 29, 11. Now, up to this point, Jeremiah's predominant message has been that God will judge his idolatrous and his unrepentant people. The coming devastation of Jerusalem by the Babylonians is now irreversible. But there's still a future for this nation. And Jeremiah now has two futures or two perspectives in view here related to the future. One is a near future restoration of the nation. And the other is this distant future restoration when Jesus Christ returns to earth as the victorious Messiah King restoring the nation of Israel. And that that distant future restoration is in view here in verse 3 of chapter 30, where God says, days are coming when I will restore the fortunes of my people, Israel and Judah. Now, that hadn't happened yet, has it, beloved? Well, no, it hasn't. The truth is there's, there's more trouble ahead, as God describes here in verse 7, a time of distress for Jacob. Uh, the day or distress of Jacob is a reference to the coming tribulation. That's going to last for seven years. This time of tribulation will follow the rapture of the church, described in First Thessalonians chapter 4. The rapture is that moment when Jesus Christ takes away, literally snatches away, his church, the redeemed, from the earth, and then the tribulation takes place, described in the book of Revelation. The church is not mentioned in the book of Revelation during the tribulation, and that's because uh, the tribulation isn't meant to purify the church. The church is already purified, justified, ready to meet Christ. What's going to be purified is the nation Israel. Israel is going to be led to repentance, and they will be led to prepare for their soon-returning Messiah. You see, the, the, the tribulation is a time of national revival of the Jewish people. Uh, The Lord talks about something here in verse 18 that hasn't happened yet as well. Behold, I will restore the fortunes of the tents of Jacob and have compassion on his dwellings. The city shall be rebuilt. In chapter 31, the restored conditions of future Israel are described even further. God says here in verse 4, I will build you and you shall be built. Verse 5, you shall plant vineyards on the mountains of Samaria and shall enjoy the fruit. 
have people today who say that God is finished with Israel or that the church has taken Israel's place. Well, I don't think they're reading the same Old Testament that I'm just reading now here for you. These promises are literal, they are real, and they will come true one day. Israel and Judah will be reunited. Verse 10 tells us the Lord will regather his scattered people. Verse 13, the Lord says, I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them and give them gladness for sorrow. So you have this clear promise of a physical restoration of a united nation of Israel. But let me tell you, that's that's just the beginning of these days of future glory, according to God's promise, that'll roll into this wonderful kingdom under the reign of Christ. There's also going to be a spiritual restoration of the people, and this promise centers around the new covenant. Listen to the Lord's words here in verse 31. Behold, the days are coming when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts. They shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest." I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. Well, here are the covenant promises. First, the nation that divided after the death of King Solomon is going to be reunited. Second, this covenant here, this new one, won't be broken. And third, this new covenant won't be an external law like the Mosaic covenant written on stone tablets, but an internal law written on their hearts. And fourth, it will be made with the nation Israel as they repent and place their faith in the Lord as their Messiah. Now, in the New Testament, we have details of the substitutionary death of Jesus Christ. His death is the basis for this new covenant. In fact, at the Last Supper, Jesus said, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Luke chapter 22 and verse 20. Now, Jeremiah says back here that this covenant is for Israel. So, how do we as Christians today relate to it? Well, we do participate in the spiritual blessings of the new covenant, don't we? We've received forgiveness. We've also been given eternal life through the death of Jesus Christ. So, this covenant applies spiritually to everyone who trusts in Christ for salvation. But don't miss this. There are still these prophecies of a restored Israel, which will be fulfilled when the nation will, as individuals, turn in faith to Christ when he comes back. Then, as the Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 11, verse 26, all Israel will be saved. Oh, let me tell you, God isn't done with Israel. He has plans for Israel. He has plans to give them a future and a hope in Christ. Now, this promise of a future spiritual restoration for Israel is followed by divine assurance. An eternal uh, covenant requires an eternal people. And the Lord promises here in verse 40 of chapter 31 that he'll restore the nation of Israel and the city of Jerusalem. And listen to this. The city shall not be plucked up or overthrown anymore forever. 
Well, that hasn't happened yet, but it will. And now Jeremiah, he presents again one of those action sermons. God tells him to go out and buy a piece of land. Get this, to buy a piece of land knowing that Babylon is about to conquer the land. Well, what is he doing? He's prophetically promising that one day God's chosen people will return to that land again. Now, that hasn't fully happened yet. Yes, Israel became a nation once again in 1948, and the Jewish people are living in the land again today. But there are as many Jewish people living in America as there are in Israel today. Listen, the prophecies of Israel's return to the land will be fulfilled during the tribulation period, as the prophets describe it. Jewish people are going to be moved by God to literally flock back to Israel from all around the world, every nation, the prophet said, in the world, as the Lord prepares them to repent and and watch for the second coming of Christ, their Messiah. Can God do something like that on, on such a global scale Well, Jeremiah says here in chapter 32 and verse 17, Oh, Lord God, it is you who made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Well, now here in chapter 33, the Lord reaffirms the new covenant promise that the hearts of the people will be changed. In verse 8, he repeats this promise. I will forgive all the guilt of their sin and rebellion. And so Jeremiah records the Lord's invitation here in verse 3, where God says, Call to me, and I will answer you, and I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. Oh, let me tell you something, beloved. No matter how hopeless something might look, no matter how difficult even your situation might seem today, if, if God can orchestrate centuries of world and national events He can orchestrate the events in your life and mine. If God can forgive a nation of idolaters when they finally come to repentance, he can forgive you and me. If God's going to keep his promises to Israel over a period of thousands of years, he's going to keep every promise made to you. And his promises to you remain the same. Well, to give you a future and a hope in your Messiah. You have been included in in this new covenant by faith, by trusting in Jesus Christ and his death and his resurrection. Well, with that, we're out of time for today. Until our next wisdom journey, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. This was an important lesson that Stephen called the New Covenant. This is the Wisdom Journey, a ministry of Wisdom International. If you're new to this program, welcome. I'm glad you're here. If you'd like to know more about us and our ministry, I encourage you to visit our website, which is wisdomonline.org. Do that today, then join us next time as we continue the Wisdom Journey. 